for a long time I've been interested in trying to get involved with the, the Disneyland theme park. This man really doesn't need any introduction, but I suppose I'm going to give him one anyway. This is George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars. Eventually it came about that um, they accepted my offer to be involved and that um, we would sort of combine ideas. Although Disney now owns Star Wars, at this point obviously it didn't. So George Lucas trying to get something into the park was slightly unorthodox actually. I wanted to have a, an involvement in Tomorrowland. I thought that was a portion of the park that had always been a little less than what it could have been. And um, so they've given me the opportunity to include my characters into that part of the park and try to uh, come up with some new ideas. And they did come up with some new ideas. This partnership spawned some new technology which would come to have influence for years to come. So let's have a little bit of a closer look at this, shall we? I'm Isaac Pevy, and this is the Hyperion Gazette. actually working on the Star Tours project before Captain EO, and uh, it was out of working on Star Tours that Captain EO evolved. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. What the hell is Captain EO? I hear you ask. Well, it's probably a story for another time, but in a nutshell, it was basically a collaboration between George Lucas, um, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, and Michael Jackson uh, to make some sort of sci-fi 4D experience. But as I said, we'll come to that later. Today is all about Star Tours. Firstly, let's look at what Star Tours actually is, or was. More on that later too. It dreamed of taking off into space, travelling at light speed, and chasing intergalactic bad guys. Then Star Tours, the newest Tomorrowland attraction at Disneyland in California, is for you. Yes, Star Tours was the first fully immersive Star Wars experience you could get. And it was done in kind of a way you'd only expect Star Wars to do it, on the cutting edge. Star Tours evolved from uh, the first presentation that we gave to George of a possible ride. So, some of the Disney fans out there, you may recognise this voice. This is Tony Baxter, who, you know, dear to my heart, would have a massive part to play in building Disneyland Paris. But he also had a part to play here. So we looked around and we found this fantastic device that was in work in the uh, Air Force and in the government to simulate uh, excursions into space, and we thought it was a natural. So Disney went to the government and bought this technology, and they used it to develop Star Tours, a motion simulator that would take you through the Star Wars universe. So this is great. It's going to be immersive, okay? This is, this is really bleeding-edge technology. But like everything at Disney, they, they never just do something for the sake of a demo, do they? There has to be a story. So where are you going to go with this? What could be unique? A unique story? Here's Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald. Well, Star Tours is really a continuation of the, the Star Wars saga and the time frame is just after Return of the Jedi, so that the galaxy is now safe enough that tour companies have begun to open up shop throughout the universe, and Star Tours is one of those companies. So there we are, an intergalactic tour company, if you will. Effectively, an airliner, but for space. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Pretty, you know, relaxing, pleasant. Pfft, all right. 
Well, when you board the Star Speeder, it will have a lot of the sensations of, uh, recall a lot of the sensations of boarding a jetliner, except now you're boarding a space liner. And once you have fastened your seatbelts and stowed your luggage away and taken care of all that business, you're off on your adventure and you meet your pilot, RX-24, Rex for short. And this may be your first flight, but it also happens to be Rex's first flight. Oh, all right then. That's part of the fun of the journey is that you and Rex are may never quite make it to Endor, but you're going to have a wonderful, wild adventure in a galaxy far, far away. Nice, Tom. Nice. So we've got the ride mechanism. We've got the story. It's Star Wars, so we're going to need special effects. Well, who better to ask than ILM themselves? I guess I was sort of the uh, effects supervisor, co-director of the, of the work here. This is Dennis Muren, and if you're a bit of a nerd like me, you may recognise him from the Star Wars documentaries of the trilogy and, uh, of course, the prequels and of now the Force, Force Awakens Blu-ray. And I think it's fair to say ILM probably had... I'd probably say it's the most challenging part of this ride because they had to make the visual aspects. Now, of course, you remember the ride was essentially a box which moved around and there was a film out front. Now, ILM had to make all of that visual thing from scratch sort of simulate <laughs> pun simulate a trip to Endor when you weren't actually moving we had to shoot a film that was three and a half or four minutes long without any cuts in it which was a very difficult thing uh, for us to do and it was a lot of figuring out how we could come up with three and a half or four minutes of film without a cut I think it's probably fair to say though that ILM accomplished this very successfully indeed and along with all the other elements of the ride the guests were really quite happy. I loved it. The, it was the most exciting thing I have ever been on. It was really like being there. It was just the best. It was so good. I thought that it was the best attraction in Disneyland. Why? Because it's so fast and it looks like you're really moving. My mom said it, she knows what it's like because she always rides with my dad. Huh. Okay. Well, I think one of the things that probably made it really quite uh, so successful, I guess, not only was the immersion of the ride itself, but also sort of the build-up to it. We had two of our favourite characters there in C-3PO uh, and R2-D2, and we actually saw a C-3PO animatronic, which was very, very lovingly made. You know, every droid has a programmer who is dear to his memory bank. Mine is our next guest, Dave Hyten, a Disneyland computer programmer. Cheers, 3PO. First of all, this is a, a character that um, everyone knows, and everyone already knows what he looks like, how he acts, how he moves. So it's very important that uh, I capture that same believability. And the best way to do it was uh, get the help from Anthony Daniels. And uh, with his help in um, my animation, we uh, brought C-3PO to life again. So there we have it. Disney have all of the ingredients needed for another hit, another slam dunk, another home run. How many more Americanisms can I get into this show? Anyway, and they did. Guests loved it. It was massively successful. And you know what? You can go and ride it. Ugh. No, you can't. You can no longer ride Star Souls. That's crazy, isn't it? But don't worry, you can still ride a version of Star Souls because a few years ago, they released an update to Star Tools 2. But you know what? 
This was kind of always in the plan. One of the basic ideas behind this is that it's reprogrammable. It relies a lot on software rather than hardware, rather than hardware so that the ride can be changed rather swiftly uh, relatively to, relative to the way normal rail rides, hardware rides are, you know, changed. And I think this will give us a big advantage in being able to upgrade the ride uh, after, you know, a certain period of time uh, to, uh, you know, improve it or change it or, you know, make it into something else. Startles, the adventures continue in 3D, opened in 2013, and it's exactly as the name sounds really, it was more adventures and it was in 3D. The difference was this wasn't just one trip, it would sort of be a randomised trip and you'd encounter more characters and things like that, but I'm not going to spoil that for you, because that's the sort of thing you should go to the parks and experience yourself. But I can only go, I can't afford to go to America, I can only afford to go to Paris, I'm hearing you saying. Well, it's coming to Paris next year. As I record this, it's 2016. 2017, we get Star Tools 2. And, you know, hopefully I'll be over there to cover that. But that's very, very exciting. So that's this week's Hyperion Gazette. I hope you enjoyed it. Something a bit different, maybe. Slightly less Disney, more Star Wars. But Star Wars is Disney. And we'll examine that in a podcast in the next few weeks. How that came about. Anyway, uh, uh, this is it. This is me. This is me for for this week, for this episode. Um, And I think I'm going to leave you with a a small uh, rap I found. I'll leave, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it's something I found whilst researching this uh, this this podcast. So uh, yeah, until next time, guys. Uh, bye bye. over six million forms of communication and here I am doing commercials for outer space. Oh well, hit it, R2. My name, you know, is C-3PO. Rapping about space, the new place to go. You can eat all you want and you won't gain a pound because there isn't any weight here like back on the ground. We travel very fast near the speed of light. You can leave in the morning and get home last night. But you'll never hear him rap. His inventor forgot to give him lips that flap. He'll greet you all and turn on his charms. He'd give you a hug if he had some arms. There's no gravity when you're out in space. It doesn't pull you down or hold you in place. You can run real fast. Your feet will fly. You'll be so light you can jump sky high. New worlds open up when you're out that far. And all you've got to do is wish upon a star.